Good morning, everybody. So I've always enjoyed the reading that we heard in the first part of the Mass, the first reading from the book of Jonah, where Jonah the prophet is sent to this massive city of Nineveh in order to preach repentance from sin. And it's amazing. The power of his words alone lead to the conversion of the entire city, so much so that all of them, even though the scripture doesn't put it today, even the cows get dressed up in sackcloth and ashes in order to show sorrow from the sin. And I thought often, imagine if that would be possible today. If somehow an individual would walk through the streets of New York or the streets of some large city calling for repentance, calling for change, and somehow, miraculously, everyone would convert. As we saw in Jonah, we've heard of other stories. That, at least in my mind, is something that we would never see. It is impossible. I have seen it before where people in big cities standing on their little soapboxes and preaching may have worked 100 years ago, but simply won't work today, particularly for a populace that doesn't believe in God, that doesn't believe in basic moral norms, preaching a message of conversion unless there is a tremendous influx of grace is simply not going to work. And that's somewhat understandable. But the problem that I think we face is, though, within the church itself, within the denominations of different Christians, but particularly within the Catholic Church, this call for repentance often, again, falls on deaf ears for a number of different reasons, which I've talked to you about before, but also in areas that would seem really self-evident. And again, maybe I'm old school, but it should be pretty self-evident that abortion is not a good thing that it's not something that could be or should be accepted. But yet, even within the church, we're having a debate about this. This is something that people are confused about. Even people at the top, some of our bishops, the way they are speaking or trying to get the message across, not only they're fighting with each other, but it's sowing confusion in the minds and the hearts of a lot of faithful Catholics. What do we do? How do we handle this problem? Not just with the abortion issue, but trust me, there are plenty of other issues. Why is it that simply talking about it, the magisterium teaches it, father said it, does it lead to a deeper conversion? We can get sort of, I think, frustrated and disappointed in that. Probably part of the reason is, is I, I think that the way a lot of people choose to do it, maybe well-intentioned, is by using the internet or social media. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. What sort of delusional planet are you living on that you think putting something on Facebook is going to make Joe Biden change his opinion on abortion? I mean, really, what world are you living in? It's a nice effort. Or even if I'm going to put something on Facebook for other people to read, well, guess what? You know the algorithm means that the people who read your Facebook page already agree with you. All you're doing, all we're doing, is preaching to the choir. I'm not saying that it's not a good thing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do these things. But is it really going to lead to repentance for people outside of the church or even for people inside of the church? My guess is probably not. And we can be really disappointed in saying, we can discourage, where do we go, what do we say? 
But if we look at the gospel, well, Jesus starts off his mission by proclaiming, repent and believe the good news for the kingdom of God is at hand. Guess what? Jesus preached repentance from sin and people didn't listen. The very people who should have listened ended up turning against him, betraying him, condemning him to the cross. The same thing happened to the apostles and the same thing happened to so many saints. We can preach repentance, but it's quite clear that a lot of people are not going to like it. A lot of people that you might be surprised are not going to like it. That you would think, well, they would listen to logic. Here's Jesus preaching this gospel message. And the people who turned against him were the ones who were the most religious, who knew the scriptures, who should have seen how he was the fulfillment of everything the Old Testament pointed towards. But yet, they didn't. For the same reason people don't listen today. Because of the fact that their hearts are hard and their heads are hard. They have eyes, but they do not see, and they have ears, but they do not hear. And so I am in no way, shape, or form saying we should not proclaim repentance. We should not encourage people outside of the church or in the church to change their minds and change their hearts. If I'm saying we probably can find a better way of doing it than by putting it on social media, probably so. There are probably much better ways of doing it, and I think the best one would be face-to-face and establishing a relationship, not condemning, but encouraging people by leading them to the truth, particularly with our example of love and charity. However, I do have one solution that I think is the most viable, where we are not so much concerned about others repenting, others changing their mind, but as Scripture says, Instead of worrying about the little splinter in other people's eyes, even though that splinter may be a pretty big one, let's worry about the logs in our own. Because when we read the message of Scripture today, the message of Jesus, we realize that that message wasn't just preached for that historical time 2,000 years ago, but because we're reading it in the inspired Word of God, and it is Word of God Sunday, That message is meant for us. The message is meant for every single person who reads it or hears it. Whether it is during the time of Jesus, 2,000 years from it, or a million years from now, because it is the living word of God. When we heard that gospel message, Jesus is speaking to you and to me. Repent. And so that's where the repentance really starts. Not with someone else but with ourselves. By listening to the word of God, speak to our minds and our hearts, as hard as they may be, to say, hey, guess what? It starts here. It starts with you. It starts with me. When we hear that word, when it engages us, or we allow it to engage us. But that's the difficulty. We can get so used to hearing the gospel message read over and over again, it becomes just like something else we hear instead of something that really calls us to a deeper repentance. Now, we can say, all right, Father, I want to repent. And I know that I have a lot of sins and I go to confession, but, you know, I I don't know where to start. 
Where do I really need to start for repentance? And I think I can suggest the place that we need to start. And it's going to be different for everybody. Now, granted, you could come to me and I could probably tell you where you should start, but we're not going to get into that. But it's like if you go to the doctor. And the doctor, you, the doctor for your checkup. And you may feel there's nothing wrong with you, but the doctor's going to start poking at certain places and knocking you with his little hammer. And eventually he's going to come to a part that is sore, that whenever he touches you, you reel back. Doesn't feel good. And maybe you didn't know that before. You didn't know that you had something wrong with you. But the fact that it is sensitive when it is touched means there's probably an issue. We're going to have to do some more research. And so that's where I think we need to start. Whenever there is something preached, whenever we hear about a certain topic, whenever we read about it in Scripture, and it's sort of sensitive to the touch, where we don't really want to hear it, where we don't like what's being said, or we start having the walls up, like the Pharisees, justifying ourselves, or even worse, wanting to turn on the person who tells us this truth, then guess what? That's probably where you should start. It's like going to the doctor and saying, hey, this is my sensitive part, but I don't want to look at it. Let's look at an area where there's no pain, where there's no sensitivity. It makes this much sense. We need to focus on the area that is sensitive. And for each one of us, it's going to be different. Each one of us is going to be different. But we know in our own minds, in our own hearts, if we have some self-knowledge, where that place is. Because we need to start with ourselves, myself included. Probably the part that we don't want to face. Maybe it's really deep down in there that we thought about before, but we don't like thinking about every day because we know that to go into that area is going to really hurt. But without that pain and without that suffering, then guess what? There's no healing. There really isn't. It's like having a bullet lodged in you, and you are not going to do anything about it. It's going to become gangrenous. It's going to really stink to rip that bullet out of you, but if you don't do it, there are going to be much bigger consequences. And so I think that this is something that is important for the church today. If we can repent from our own sin, if we can admit in the ways that we have been prideful or lustful or wrathful and start dealing with it, that not only, hopefully, will be examples to others that they can repent, we'll have maybe a more viable message, but I also think that it will help us move towards a greater unity. You've heard me say this over and over again for the past several months. If we are going to deal with the problems outside of the church, we are going to have to work as a cohesive group. Not everybody's going to have the same opinion on things, but on the essentials, we need to be able to agree. But chomping at each other's throats, attacking each other in the church, is not going to get us anywhere. Anywhere. We're going to need to learn to cooperate, to listen. And in order for us to do that, we're going to have to take the sin out of our own lives so that we can stand up as that one body of Christ to whatever threat lies outside of us, and to be that effective messenger for the gospel to the world who so desperately needs to hear it. Amen.